We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Hey, here we go, here we go. A special edition Knicks Fan TV podcast. Salute to Knicks Nation, wherever you guys are watching this is the number one show for the fans by the fans. If you're a diehard Knicks fan who loves to talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, and post-game live analysis featuring live callers, smash that subscribe button below and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. Now, you guys know where the Knicks are at right now. So we're going through a, a tough season once again. And we got to be looking forward to the draft eventually, man. And there's, there's two players down in Australia, down in the NBL, that I wanted to uh, take a closer look at. And that was LaMelo Ball, and that was RJ Hampton. And the one person who I wanted to invite on the show knows these guys very well. He's a former EBC, former New York City basketball legend. Formerly of the NBL. He's now the voice of the NBL, and he goes by the name of Corey Homicide Williams. Homicide, how you feeling tonight, man? Thanks for coming on the show. What's going on? How you doing? Happy New Year. How you? How's everything? I mean, as a Knicks fan, you know, it's always rough, man. But listen, things could be worse, man. But before we get into basketball, man, let me ask you. You know, you're down there in Australia. Uh, you have the wildfires and things going on. How how have things been, um, you know, going for you and, and the community down there? Well, um, you know very unfortunate with everything that's going on and it's as bad as it looks you know i personally in melbourne we are not affected by what's going on with the fires however the country is 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 bad you know it's bad the areas that it's in it's really bad but the country's coming together you know people are raising money people are you know bringing awareness you know, players are stepping up, athletes are stepping up, everybody is stepping up, but everybody with platforms are using their platforms for the greater good and increasing awareness and raising money and donating. So, you know, even if you don't have a big platform, everything helps, whether you donate clothes, whether it's money 
or just sharing information to people in the world because right now Australia needs it. So my prayers and my heart goes out to everyone that are affected, everyone that's affected. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, it can turn around for the better. Well said, man. And as you said, you're using your platform uh, for the good to, to raise that awareness. So I definitely commend you on that. Um, and salute to all our Australian fans. We, Like I told you uh, before we started the show, we got a lot of fans from Australia that, that tune in on a nightly basis, man. So they were certainly looking forward to this podcast as well. Uh, so everybody down there in Australia, definitely um, keep your head up and, and we hope all as well. All right, Homicide, man. You know this kid. Better than anybody, you, you've been in this kid's corner for quite some time since he signed in the NBL. I mean, this kid needs no introduction, but LaMelo Ball, man, what, what's been your impressions of LaMelo so far uh, in his season, rookie season in the NBL? Well, you know, funny you, you said that in the beginning. I've been in this corner from the jump. Actually, I wasn't in his corner. And I did not believe he was going to come here and do well. This is one of the best professional leagues in the world. And what I say about that, true basketball has that no international basketball. You know, I want to give a little bit of history about myself and why I state this. I played professional for 14 years all over the world, right? And I understand league strengths and weaknesses why i say the nbl is one of the strongest leagues in the world is because it's unpredictable who's going to win there's no guarantee the team in first place is going to win if they're playing the last place team right. for example illawarra hawks dead last that's the melody he plays for illawarra right right okay right right Lamelo hasn't played in about four weeks he's resting his foot there's uh he has a minor foot issue, so he wants to rest it to make sure he's 100%. However, they're in last place. They beat the Sydney Kings last week. That goes to show you when you're full strength, you can lose to the worst team. The competition is even. There's a lot of leagues in the world where, for example, you know, you can go play in the French League, you can go play in the Greek League, you can go play in the Russian League. The top half of the league... Let's say there's 10 to 15 teams in these leagues. The top half of the league is good. Maybe the top six teams in the league is good. Then there's a, I mean, a ridiculous drop-off in talent on the bottom half of the league. Australian League, if first-place team could lose to the eighth-place team, lose to the seventh-place team. This is what happened last week. It's no bluff. I'm just telling you how much, how talented the league is. It's even. So there's just no walk in the park. You know, you, you, you practice once a day. This team's in Europe where you practice, okay, and you may not get paid. Mm. Where's the fun in that? You know what I'm saying? You can't tell me a league is competitive. I want to get paid. <laughs> I want to get my money. I got bills to pay. So don't tell me about, and no disrespect to it, but don't tell me, and not you, but in general, don't tell me to strengthen this league because it's Europe that it's automatically better. You know what I mean? That's not the case anymore. This league is blowing up. This league is hot. And the talent, I can talk to my faces. The talent has to speak for itself. The national team, Australia is the third best team ranked in the world. 
They didn't even medal last year in World Cup. They lost to France. Yeah, they did. And France is fourth place right now. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is the next superstar that's Australian. You got Della Vadova. You got uh, Patty Mills. You got Joe Ingles. You got Aaron Baines. You know? You got a lot of other Aussies that are in the NBA that are respected. You know, so basketball all in, in, in Australia is popping right now. That's now, back to Melo Ball. Yeah. I figured there's no way in hell. First of all, I don't believe in mixtapes. I don't believe that a high school kid can come to this pro league playing against men that has children and have to pay their mortgages. It's going to allow a high school kid to come in and bust their ass. I just don't believe that. I would not I would allow a little kid to come bust my ass. So I did not believe that hype was real is my point. So you saw okay? LeVar, I respect him as a father. I respect everything he's done for his children, the platform that he's created. And, you know, many people feel like it's distasteful. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. He's pushing, he's pushing his kids. And the fact that he's pushing it from the front has given him a platform. We saw what happened to... The, what's the first ball brother name? Lonzo. Lonzo, right? Yeah, Lonzo. He got, he got Lonzo the second pick. Because of the dad's mouth, LaVar's mouth, he got Lonzo to be the second pick. Or the third pick in the draft. Whichever one it was. But all you can do is get your kid there. Your kid got a... I mean, I felt that because he continued to talk about Lonzo... It casted a bad shade on Lonzo. It casted a bad shade on Jello. It casted a bad shade on Mello. So I also got caught up in all of that media and all of that. So with all of that, I was like, there's no way he is going to work in Australia. The best is Jermaine Jackson, former 15, 16-year pro, came over with Mello Ball. He played overseas internationally. He understands the blueprint and of international basketball and how it goes. LeVar, I mean, LeVar Ball did not come with his son. Metal came over here with his mind right and except Jimmy. I grilled him when he came on our show. We got a show that's called NBL Overtime, and it's on ESPN. It's our magazine show. I grilled him. I said, there's no way you, it's going to work. I said, do you understand? You're playing against grown men. They got to pay. I was, I was listening you to think that. You're going to allow those highlights to work? LaMelo Ball started at number 46 on the mock draft. He's not a number one pick. Hey, he exceeded expectations. I was the loudest doubter. So the kid started proving all the doubters and naysayers, beginning with me, wrong. So I began to be the biggest advocate because that's what you're supposed to do. If I could talk shit about a person and they prove me wrong, I should be the loudest advocate. That's how I became a believer. He made me a believer. Hell of a talent. Incredible talent. What he's doing for his age in the league that he's doing it in, and better every game. How do I not commend that? How do I not 
push it? How do I not talk about it? How do I not praise it? Well, one you thing for sure. One thing for sure, you you definitely see his his maturity, um, um, standing bright. I mean, as you said, his father really pushed him at all levels. The high school level, I think he skipped. You know, skipped the grade. I think he was playing varsity at, at a at a junior varsity age. You know, he playing over in Lithuania, going going to Spire and playing, then and then coming here to the NBL. And it seems like, like you said, he's he's handling it very well at a, at a young eighteen. I mean, check this out. The head coach at Spire Academy is his mentor manager right now, Jermaine Jackson. That's who's with him. Hmm. He actually spends more time and lives with Jermaine in America. So they're inseparable. That's a match made in heaven. Because think about this. LaVar is a control freak. Mm-hmm. How the hell can LaVar just kick back and relax and not say a word all season about his son who's projected number one? He believes and understands what Jermaine is doing is my point. Mm. Let me kick back. Jermaine is like, Pops, I got him. Got the young fella. Let me do what I do. He's going to play, and we good for him. And it's worked out in that manner. You know what I mean? Jermaine Jackson, for those who don't know, former Nick. He played with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jalen Rose was there, when yeah. Steph was there, he played in Philly with AI. He played with the Bucks with Glenn Robinson and the Big Dog was there. Mm-hmm. He played with Toronto. You know, he was a journeyman. He bounced around, but he understands from an underdog perspective. That's exactly who you would want to be with your son because right now your son is an underdog. And it's worked out, you know, the late 2 a.m. workouts in the gym, day of the game, day after the game, putting in extra shots, the unseen hours. That's what has to happen when you are trying to be the number one pick. All right? The last two games he finished with, triple doubles. Yeah. What do you have, three straight triple doubles or or two? He had two straight triple doubles, right? Mm -hmm. The first triple double he had, the youngest player in the history of the NBL to get it. Then he backs it up the following game. He backs it up the following game with another triple-double. What history of the NBL to get back-to-back triple-doubles in a 40-minute game? He's averaging 17, seven and a half rebounds, and seven assists. Yeah. Now, how about the shooting percentage, though? What, what, I mean, how about the shooting percentage? He's averaging 37% from the field, 25% from three. Um, let, let's go into his skill sets a little bit. From from that vantage. Let's go into the skill set. It, it seems like it, it's shooting needs some, some work. What, what's your take on that? I mean, of course. What player you know, coming from high school, jumping to the pros, is going to be shooting, a point guard, going to be shooting 50-plus percent or 40-something percent. That's not going to happen. You're playing at a higher level. That's why you're here with the Next Stars program. To technically get your ass bust and get better. Mm. We know what he has to work on. His three three ball. To knock the three ball down at a higher clip and a consistent basis. Aaron Brooks was here. After Aaron Brooks left, he shot the three ball better. So technically, he's shooting the three ball better since Aaron Brooks left. So we're going to talk about his last six games. He's shooting the ball at a higher clip. So he's improved. That's where he has to continue to improve. My opinion, upper body strength, he's hit the weight room. He's looking better. He's going to have to get, I'm pretty sure, a little bit quicker to guard those quicker uh, point guards. Mm -hmm. But what he does exceptionally well right now, reading defense, 
in terms of offense, passing the ball, exceptional. His, his vision at six, seems seven, exceptional. Him. He can his shoot over. The way I look at it is the guy that he reminds me of, like Penny Hardaway. Oof, that that was my favorite player, man. Penny Penny was my guy, man. You know what I mean? Like like that's who he reminds me of. Wow. I feel he's a he's a a generational point guard. You know what I mean? We haven't seen a guy like this since like a penny. Once he starts knocking down the three, and the thing is, he's in the lab working on it. Mm. There's, there's not too many guys coming from high school and go to the next level. He's not going to high school, college. He's going to high school straight pro. pro yeah. You're supposed to struggle a little bit. Yeah. So the point is, at that point, show your ability to get better and be consistent. That's why he's here. That's why this Next Stars initiative has been created. That's the NBL's program to get potential one-and-done kids who wants to skip skip college and go pro. Come here. It's kind of like boot camp, so to speak. It's almost like going to the G League instead of going up college for one season then get drafted yeah so so that's kind of like know, the nbl's it, 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 uh, uh way of kind of combating what the g league is trying to do with the with the one and duns and and um and so forth that's interesting yeah i mean that i mean think about it you have an opportunity to go to the, a, a country that's beautiful one two the closest thing to a out the country one of the best pro leagues in the world and it's geared towards getting you better. Mm. And think about this. You know, we all know what the situation is with college, and I'm solely speaking about kids that are one-and-done players. The reality is they're not going to college. Yeah. Why not come jump in a pro league that's going to challenge you and get a head start? So guess what? A lot of mistakes that you would make your initial rookie season, you're getting the kinks out right now because you're playing in a pro league. Your transition, I guarantee, will be better. These are one-and-done players I'm talking about. Yeah. Especially guards. It's a guards league. So you're playing against top guards every night. Some of them are on the fringe that can be NBA players. So why not go against Bryce Cotton? Why not go against Casper Whale? Why not go against Jerome Randall? Why not I go against Scott Machado, who just finished with the Lakers last year? Yeah. Who potentially, New York in the building, yeah. who potentially could be MVP of the league this year. Mm. How, how about how about defense Scott uh, against some of those in guys? That game, how about this? In the game yeah. with Scott Machado, he gave Scott Machado 32. He gave him the first triple-double. That game was crazy. Scott Machado had 22 and 14 assists in that game. They lost in overtime to Melo. Melo beat them. Melo beat Cairns, Scott Machado's team, three consecutive times. Now, I'm going to tell you this. He played against a guy that just finished playing with the Lakers last season. That's where Scott Machado finished up last year. Mm -hmm. It's not a coincidence Melo put up those big numbers against a guy that finished. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, yo, this dude finished play with Braun last year with the Lakers. He a legit pro guard. NBA guard. 
he went harder against him is my point. Mm. How about the defensive end? What, what do you think about this uh, LaMelo's defense so far uh, against um, some of these guards that you, that you just named? It's gotten better as the year progressed, as it should. Again, when you come from playing in high school, think about this, man. Kid done played AAU and when he's shooting 30, 50, 40 shots a game, right? Mm-hmm. Is he really playing defense, man? Yeah. Come on, man. You ain't playing a real D. Because nobody's worrying about defense in high school. Now, when you're a superstar kid like that, he just started to learn how to play defense. He just started to learn how to play fundamental basketball. He's gotten better. And I put it to you like this. He ain't getting his ass bust on D. I ain't see nobody light his ass up yet, and I watch every game. Mm. Okay. Very important. That's your true story, man. Hey, listen, man. Uh, uh, from Very what important. I see, uh, I like this kid's court vision, man. This kid just seems like it, it, it's just his instincts just come naturally. Oh, his int- his instincts definitely come natural. I mean, his, his IQ is through the roof. Yeah. You could, like... You can just watch the game, the way he's reading plays way before it happens. Yeah, he's, he's two steps he's ahead. He's dangerous out of a pick and roll. He's a great passer. He's an even better finisher. You put him in a pick and roll, one five, one four, plays are going to happen. He's yeah. going to make the right play. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining him and Mitchell it's Robinson it's going off right now. That would be a beautiful thing to it's see. about three to one. I mean, he takes care of the ball. So when you have a guy, are you? Like the first thing you want as a point guard is to be able to handle the ball under pressure. Second thing is make sound decisions. Third thing, make sound decisions under pressure. Get us a shot. Create off the dribble. He can do that. Run an offense in a pro set. He can do that. Mm. I ain't worried. Look, if I'm a GM, I'm not worrying about wins and losses with the high school kid running a pro set. I want to make sure you can get these shots off, okay? Yeah, his team is in last place. If I can create off the dribble and get a, a shot off to my shooters on the wings and dime it off to my big man, as a GM watching them do this with the Illawarra Hawks, you're not worrying about if those players finish the play. If they finish the play, it's a plus. You're worrying about who is on your roster in the NBA that when he makes the play and gives them the ball, they can finish. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle, what position he play? Shot the four. Right now, Julius is at the four. Okay, there we go. He shoots the three solid. You know, right. mid range. He gets to the rack. Which means the defense has to shift when you're running a one four pick and roll with Randle and ball. You can run that all day. Randall going to eat right now with ball. I tell you right now, he's better than Frank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's that's not even a question. I, I think, you know, skill set. Who's the point guard right now with the Knicks, the starting point guard? Right now is Alfred Payton. What's he averaging? Payton right now. Let's, let's take a look. Alfred. The top of your head. You don't have to. Just off the top of your head. I would say, what's Peyton average in the chat? Maybe eight and four, if if that. Okay. 
Melo could do that in the first half with his eyes closed. <laughs> Maybe hey, a quarter. That's what we need. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on the money. Eight, and, eight, four rebounds, six dimes. Eight points, four rebounds, six dimes for, for Alfred Payton. Melo right now is averaging 16 points, seven, 17 points, seven and a half, seven and a half. Playing 30 minutes. 30 minutes a night. Less than three quarters. Melo Holmes. could give you that. And I'm telling you right now, with the Knicks roster right now, mellow numbers would be better than that. Hey, <laughs> you wouldn't have too far to climb, but I definitely believe it, man. We we need a point guard in the worst I'm way. Telling you. We, we need a point guard in the worst no way. No knock to whoever that guy is, the starting point guard. No knock to him. I'm just telling you what I know. Not what I think, what I know. Yeah, you, you sell, no. you're selling people in the chat, man. Uh, I, I, I think we got some mellow fans in the Look, chat. I'm telling you, no hype, no cap, no nothing. Again, you have to remember, let's back this tape up 10 minutes. I started to you saying, I was not a fan. I was not with the hype. I did not believe in the kid. Mm. All right? I'm a New Yorker. BX all day. I know who. I played it. I know what I'm seeing. You're saying is this is the real deal, man. Okay, okay. Now, now you also reported that uh, you, you you also reported you that, that he's got a hundred million dollars sneaker deal every on day. the table, man. Well, I know where what did I'm that come seeing. from. I know what I'm looking at. I don't, I don't know if you heard me. I said you also had reported uh, the the hundred million dollars sneaker deal, man. Um, any any hints on that? Is it a, is it a known brand? Is it a a upstart sneaker company. It's definitely a known brand. It's a known brand. I can't say the name. You know, my source told me not to say the name. It is. However, that's a fact. It is a fact. This ain't hype to push up sneaker prices from another brand. This is a fact. And they're going to do whatever, they could, whatever they're going to do, whatever it takes in their power to ensure they do not lose this game. So, still there? That was incredible in itself. I mean, think about this, right? I had a conversation on uh, a, a, another media outlet in Australia, and you know, no one's never seen a kid like this before. I, I said this kid reminds me of the hype that he has and the popularity that he has. He's like a Kardashian that actually like has talent. And no disrespect to the Kardashians, I'm just saying, this is a kid in high school with 5 million followers. We ever seen that before? Yeah, I mean, you know, the younger kids, the, the, their brand, they started with Overtime. You know, Overtime blew this kid up. I don't know. I, I'm not home. You tell me. That That's definitely the, the, the Generation Z impact and Overtime and, and all of that. You know, they've been trailing these kids for, for I'm a while. I'm just asking, who have you seen with 5 million followers? Yeah. yeah it's impressive. It, it's impressive, man. I'm curious to see how him and RJ, him and Mitch would, would fit. But like I said, this kid um, offensively, he definitely has a total package. Like you said, we'll see how the defense and the, and the shooting comes along. Um, let, let me reset real quick. Let me salute to everybody in the chat once again. This is a special edition Knicks Fan TV podcast. Salute to everybody in the chat. CP from Knicks Fan TV on the line right now, checking in all the way from Australia. Homicide, where you at? You're in Melbourne? 
Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. We got Corey Homicide Williams, the voice of the NBL on here. And, hey, he's, he's selling you on, on LaMelo Ball. He's definitely selling me. But um, everybody in the BX, if you're from the BX, throw BX in the chat. Bronx, stand up. All right, Homicide, let's go to um, RJ Hampton, man. He's another kid that, uh, like, like LaMelo, kind of became a trailblazer. You know, going to the NBL, skipping college, going into the NBL. Um, how, how do you see his game kind of translating, and, and what do you think his, his skill sets are? His name, first of all, his incredible game, RJ. RJ graduated high school in three years, so technically he'd be a senior right now in high school. That's how he is tough. He graduated in three years and two months. I was shocked when I found that out, and I actually found that out about a month ago. So I said that again, you were kind of breaking up. You said he graduated from high school early? You were kind of breaking up before that. He graduated in high school, from high school, in three years and two months, his mother told me. Hmm. So technically, he would be a senior in high school this year, right now. Hmm. He opted to forego his senior year in high school because he felt he was ready for either college or the NBL. He said, I want a better challenge. I want a bigger challenge. I want to go to the NBL. He came to the NBL first. That's Melo came after him. So he, this year with this generation, made a huge impact and a decision when they both went to the jump on ESPN and announced they're foregoing college and going pro in Australia. So that was incredible in itself. You know, the Snake Stars Initiative program is ingenious. You know, shout out to the NBL for coming up with this initiative, this program to give these guys an opportunity to forego college and come here and work on their craft and get better. You know, two years ago, Terrence Ferguson was the first guy that did that. And and after the season, he got drafted by OKC. Last year, it was Brian Bowen. And he got signed by Indiana Pacers. He's with the Pacers right now. Mm. But the, these two guys, the world began watching because these more, the whole world, Keaton Moore, because of the popularity and the talent of these two guys. That's what's taken the world by storm. RJ Hampton has done well. He's averaging 10 points a game with the New Zealand Breakers. Now, mm-hmm. they are in playoff contention. They're deeper and way more experienced at the guard position. Yeah, so they so beat Lamelo's team by like 30, as man. Many yeah, he isn't playing as many minutes as Mellow Ball. Which will help him because he's playing with a whole lot more talent and experience at the position. You have another guy that plays with him, Scotty Hobson from New Jersey, Shaq Henry from Cali, former MVP in Turkey. You know, you have a championship winning coach, a three time championship winning coach from Israel, Dan Shamir. So, Corey Webster is a New Zealand national team player who just left and went to China who's been averaging about 24 points a game. So, which, you know, helps him even more with the experience that he's getting from the bigger brothers, so to speak. Mm. Super quick, super talented. Kind of reminds me a little bit like uh, a Westbrook slash John Morant. That's how he plays and attacks the basket. Super cat quick in transition in the open court. Can shoot. The three, get to the basket, finish with the left and right hand. Um, his, 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 his future is bright in the NBA. That's why on the mock draft, on ESPN mock draft, 
is fifth. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere between five and seven um, on some of these yeah, mock drafts. So, so think about this, right? Think about this. If you as a GM watching guys in college and you watching guys play against grown men in one of the best leagues in the world and you look at the draft at a specific position these guys play, why would you take a guy who is playing against kids unless he is literally destroying the NCAA. If it's kind of, I don't know, I'm not sure. Why would you go with the guy playing against kids versus guys that's well, I got I got to tell you, man, that the guy I like right now is Anthony Edwards, and not necessarily a point guard, but I, I just feel like fit for the Knicks. Of course, we need a point guard, but Anthony Edwards, man, to to me, he he's the top talent in the, in the draft. Uh, I think that kid, that yes, kid he has is. to come to the Knicks. I, I, I know he's a dog. He is definitely a dog. So so from what I'm what I'm seeing on the boards, Anthony Edwards, an amazing talent, kind of reminds you of a Dwayne Wade, Spider Mitchell. Right, Hell yeah, that type of talent. You know, you got James Wiseman who didn't play all year. You got uh, RJ Hampton in fifth and fourth. You got Cole Anthony that's out in. Yeah, Cole Anthony's out. Hasn't even played all year, which is very unfortunate for Cole Anthony. Hopefully, he gets better. Obviously, New York in the building. Son, father, son of Greg Anthony, former Nick. You know, he gets healthy and comes back stronger. I think I might have Edwards, as great as he is, good young talent, and you need a point guard. Yeah, I mean, we we need a lot of things, man. Point guard, we need we need shooting too, man. We we need shooting in a in a big way. New York City is known for point guards. That's what we need. Either way, you know, I feel the Knicks need a point guard. And, you know, there's a couple. Hopefully Cole Anthony get back right and in time for the draft and comes back stronger, which he should. Plenty of time before June. But Melo's number one because of what he's doing in a pro league against men. And those type of numbers... You can't deny those numbers. Uh, that, that's a fact, man. Uh, how about, about RJ Hampton's... Turned, uh, not for a guy that just turned 18 years old. Yeah, it's true. So a young, a young 18, just turned 18. Um, how, how about RJ Hampton? baby, man. Um, things to work on for RJ Hampton. What do, what do you see there that he, he needs to work on at the next level? So the fact that his team extremely talented at his position... It's not. He's not getting the, the, the opportunity to play thirty minutes a game, so you're not really seeing everything he possibly can do and bring. But I tell you this: he's going to be one hell of a pro, intelligent, mature. But again, all these guys got to continue to do is continue to tighten up and work on their craft, work on the jump shot, tighten that up, make it more consistent. You know, I believe he's more of a combo than a point. Okay. You know, Melo's a pure point guard. RJ is a combo who plays point. Coming off that pick and roll, 
he's making good, sound decisions. I've been impressed with both of them, to be honest with you. I really have. The maturity levels of these guys, you know, just working hard on their bodies, you know, being aggressive, taking, not, not afraid to take the big shot, make the big play. These guys are both going to be really, really good pros. Hey, as you said, man, they definitely um, look like they have the maturity. Let's see what happens as the NBL playoffs um, take set shortly. See if Lamelo can can lead his team into there. How many teams is in the league? Eight, nine? How many? How many teams in the NBL? Nine, nine. nine. Only four make it. Okay, only, I tell you this right now. Yeah. Both of those teams, my uh, uh, New Zealand have a slight chance, but um, I don't believe they'll make it. And Illawarra is not going to make it. You also got to look at it like this. Remember, it's a pro league. So as good as they're looking individually, a high school kid is not going to come into a pro league like this and lead your team to the playoffs. They're just not experienced enough to lead it into the playoffs. Not enough time. It's not like it's 82 games. You, got, you stack with a veteran core. You know, you got Perth Wildcats. They just brought in Miles Plumley. They got the best two clutch players as imports on their team. They won a championship last year. Sydney Kids got Andrew Bogut, Casper Ware, Dee Lozada, who got drafted last year by New Orleans Pelicans. Right? They're stacked with a couple of national team players. You got Miller United. They're stacked. You got Kans Kans Taipan with Machado. They're stacked. Those are talented. These guys are experienced players at all positions. So you know, experience is definitely going to get you all day. That's why they came. How how would you stack up the NBL against against the other international leagues? You mentioned some of the former NBA players that are playing there. You have Aaron Brooks there. You have Miles Plumley. Um, you have Machado. Uh, how, how would you stack that up against, say, uh, the ACB League or the Turkish League? Or, uh, there you go. I'll put it to you like leagues. this. The best, the best league, in my opinion, Euro League, ACB, Turkish League is a good league. Mm. But again, some of the teams don't pay you. For that league, and you'll still win. The strength of the thing from the strength of that league from first place to dead last place, it doesn't match up. The Italian league is good, but I'm gonna go ACB, Euro League, both of those, and then NBL. So outside of the NBA, those three, te- those three countries, those two countries, and then Australia. Mm. Okay. Interesting, interesting, man. Um, you can't tell me right now. Like, like for me, for those who don't know, the last place team in none of those leagues could beat the first place team. Everybody loaded. Hmm. The last place team in this league can do that. The last, the seventh place team could beat the second place team. You understand what I'm saying? If yeah. you do not show up, you will lose. That's how the NBA is. So you better you better show up or you're gonna lose. That's why I say it ain't a cupcake league. 
right, all right, no doubt, man. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. This is a special edition Knicks Fan TV. Uh, joining me tonight is New York City's own, the EBC's own, the NBL's own international basketball star, Corey Homicide Williams. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Uh, we got Knicks versus Jazz coming up post game live. JLs will be back. And uh, Knicks are in Utah taking on the Jazz 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll definitely check in on the post game show. Yo, Homicide, let, let's talk about you, man. Because, like I said, your, your rise here in New York, you, you were certainly um, one of the most respected street ball players uh, to ever grace the blacktop. EBC, you know, you had the historic championship game against Ron Artest. You gave Ron Artest, uh, I think it was like 27 points or something in the championship game. You got your name homicide from, from Rucker. What what was your your your, your memories from, from those days, man? What were some of your favorite memories from, from the Rucker well, days? Well, for me, um, I graduated from Alabama State University. I went to Rice. You know, wasn't the most talented or skillful. I was just really aggressive and I played defense. So it's literally like, yo, Corey, uh, you got to guard the best offensive player. And that was my job and my role. And I accepted it because that was the only way I can get on the court. You know, nah, it is in New York, man. Everybody's talented. Nobody has time to develop any talent because there's so much talent ready to go right now. You know, so I wore that, you know, with a, Oh, and I took it everywhere with me. So I went to junior college first, graduated, um, got my associate's degree in arts at Penn Valley Community College in Kansas City, Missouri. And I finished up at Alabama State University in Montgomery, which is Division One. Graduated with my degree in criminal justice. And I got better. And I pursued um, my love, which was basketball. My coach didn't help me. Didn't have a big name rep. Big rep or big numbers. So, you know, for guys like that, I am fortunate. I fortunately was from the mecca of basketball, which is New York City. Yeah. I was in my dorm one day and I was reading Slam magazine. They were talking about playground basketball, and I was like, "Well, I guess I got to try this route." I figured I'm gonna just go to Rucker Park and play street ball, and hopefully somebody has seen me and give me an opportunity. I literally thought that I literally thought that at a time when nobody was getting opportunity from street basketball to go pro and I want you guys to think about what I'm going to say skip is a New York skip to my Lou ready for Austin of course right shout out to skip but skip did not he didn't need street ball to go pro mm. he used street ball that went to college he didn't need street ball to go pro. So he went to Fresno City Juco. Tark came and got him from the playground. Mm. Went to Fresno City Juco. Then went to Fresno State and got drafted. Okay? Smush Parker. Shout out to Smush. New York City street ball icon. Mm -hmm. Smush didn't need street ball to go pro. Smush went to Fordham. Went undrafted. And then was a free agent and got on in Cleveland. You tell me somebody they ever grabbed from the playground, the park, to get him an opportunity. That's what my mission was. 
that's trying to win the lotto. But that happens when you're naive and don't know any better. You know, mm. what I had to do was play every playground game in the park like it was my last. I came back better than I left high school. High school, I didn't have a name. Once I hit street ball, it became homicide. Anybody that knows the vibes knows you don't make up your name. They give you a name give based on name. your style of play if you're good enough to earn a name. That was summer 2000. So I literally had to kill the streets to get a look. Ended up getting a look like four or five years later. And, you know, I got a shot straight to Toronto Raptors from the park. Right. And then yeah, that, was in, against, that was you know, in 05. Some, some, some 05 and tried out for the Raptors. Yeah, you know, yeah, I gave, you know, Ron Artest, shout out to Ron Ron, 27. It was the year he was defensive player of the year in the NBA with Indiana. Tony Rosa brought him uptown to Rucker to guard me. Mm. You know, that was a, 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 a hell of an effort. You know, that wasn't easy. Obviously, Ron Ron, a.k.a. True Warrior, you know. But mentally, what that did for me was allow me to know if the defensive player of the year couldn't stop me from getting getting mines, nobody could. And, and, so that and, was, and those were um, the days when the competition was serious, man. I mean, the the, the rucker now is it, not even – it, it's a shell of itself, man, unfortunately. You know, I mean, rest in peace to Greg Marius for sure. Um, those days, it was nothing like it, man. You had Hannibal, you know, Hannibal coming in with the you, robes you, and the championship belts and the, and the board you, boys you, and all of that. You have to understand – this was happening at every park. It wasn't just Rucker. Yeah. It was Dykeman. Dykeman it was Kingdom. It was West Fork. Whoever was on me, I would average. Minimum, I'm walking out the park with 30 points. Let me tell you what my key was that allowed me to get the exposure. A lot of people be like, yo, Homicide was a nut. He shoot every time he touch it. What the fuck am I going in the park for? To win a championship? <laughs> Huh? Fuck out of here. I don't know right? championship in the park. Okay, you go to kill Can you ask me right? Answer this question. Answer this question. Who's the all-time winningest player in the NBA? NBA. All-time Bill Wilson. winning. Yeah, of course. Rings. Yeah, of course. Of course. 11 chips, right? 11. Yeah. Tell me the all-time winning, the, the all-time winning player in the street ball. Who's that, you? Nobody knows because nobody fucking cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Tell me the all-time scoring champion it, in NBA history. It, 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 it goes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, man. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Tell me the all-time scorer in street ball. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's a family, yo, it's a family show, guy. man. It's a family show. Tell me the guy. Just watch, watch the cursing. Just watch the cursing. Tell me the guy that gave an NBA player 40, 50. They'll remember that. Uh, you're right. They'll, they'll talk about that for decades. That was my blueprint. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to find a team that has B and C, C and D level talent. And shine. And I'm going to play against. The NBA guy, I'm going to take 20, 25 shots per game. Mm. Maybe 30. 30 points or 30 shots, whatever comes first. And that's how I would bust big-name players on their ass. Because if you stack with a crew, can you shoot 30 shots on your team? Yeah. No. Because all those other players that are just as good or better than you is going to be mad. Right? 
but I could shoot all day. That's how you get 30, 40, and 50. I didn't care about if I lost in playground basketball. My goal was not to be a championship-winning streetball player. My goal was bigger. But I knew I had to put up buckets to get the note of the recognition. Yeah. So that was my mission. So now, so now you ended up, you, you tried out for the Raptors in, in 05. This was um, Jalen Rose, Chris Bosh was on the team. Um, what was it? What what was that experience yeah. like for you? Well, describe how I mean, that experience was awesome. But you know, I had tryouts. You know, like I was doing things like going to open tryouts in the Den- for the Denver Nuggets, like where they do an open tryout. The guy that wins gets an opportunity to go to minicamp for NBA summer league. I would exhaust every opportunity known to man to try to get a shot to play pro. I was still playing overseas. But I had low-level jobs. I was still going overseas in, in the wintertime. Mm. But it was low-level gigs. But summertime was how I kept heating my name up, keeping my name hot in the streets, getting magazine looks. You know, people, I was two different people. I swear to you, I was. You know, I was Corey Williams to some people, and I was homicide. Homicide when I go was play overseas, brain. people don't know Corey Williams. People know homicide because of what I was doing. So I was like, look, I got to keep heating the streets up. That's where I'm going to get my shot to play against NBA players and show what I can do. Mm. That's where the playing field is even. Because guess what? When you go into the NBA arena, you don't give a fuck about street ball. That's just to get me in there. Then I got to show I can play point guard. I'm going for a third string spot. That's the reality of it. Okay? I'm a 2020 player. You know what that means? They will put you in the game if you up 20 or down 20. I'm going in as a backup backup on some Jamie Foxx any given Sunday shit. That's the reality of it. That's the reality. I ain't a big name. I ain't a draft pick. So you'll be lucky if you can get the third spot. That's the reality. So when you know that, you have to prepare for what you're trying to get to. So now you get a shot to get in there. Don't try to go in there, go one-on-one, and they expect that. Because you're labeled a street ball player. You have to show them you can fundamentally run a team, set good screens, create for others, pick up full court, turn the, turn the offensive player three times before you hit half court. That's the shit they don't teach you. That's the shit you got to know. Went into Toronto. I was last cut. My competition got beat out. I didn't make it because a player was injured, which was Alvin Williams. The doctor said he was able to play at the time. Doctor said he wouldn't be able to play. I'd have a Raptors uniform. Yeah, I remember Alvin Williams. He, he dropped a couple That's buckets right. on the Knicks in the playoffs. I remember him as a, as the point guard of the Raptors. That's how it went. It was three. It was three guards. Okay, you had Mike James. You had Jose. Shout out to Mike James, Mike James from Long Island, Long Island. Emily Hara. Yeah, man. You Mike had Mike James, James. Was that boy? You had you had Jose Calderon who just came from screen, and you had Alvin Williams that didn't play for the last year and a half. Because he had knee issues. Mm. So they brought in three point guards. Myself, Pierre Brown, Robert Pat. The best of the three to make it will sign with the Raptors on their regular their opening season roster if the doctors say Alvin Williams cannot play. Robert Pat and Pierre Brown got waived. I was still there. Alvin Williams... You know, obviously, a little older, knee issues, still trying to play. He felt he had, you know, some game left. 
And the doctor said he was able to play. That's how I got away. So, you know, I walked away with, um, that also helps you when you go to, I walked away with my head up high knowing I was good enough. It was just, you know, timing wasn't right. Just timing wasn't Very right. So, so no, no regrets at the end of the day. No, no regrets on it. Didn't do what you had to do. I went to the NBA D league at the time. Now it's called the G league. And I won a championship as a starting point guard. My resume got better. I started playing overseas. Got better agent. Salary got better. And I took that and ran with it. And that's my story in a nutshell. You know, I think a lot of people feel, some people feel if you don't make the NBA, life is over. And that's bullshit. It all spend the same. Everybody can't make it. Go abroad, you know, build your lane. Create your lane. Build your story. Yeah, and at the end, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And at the end, end of the day, what's happening today, I am truly grateful for. Okay, I'm doing no nothing different than a Stephen A. Smith and a Chauncey Billups and Jalen Rose, Shannon Sharp, Paul Pitts, Barkley. I get paid to talk about the game that I love in the hottest league in the world. And it all began with the kid thinking, I got to kill Rucker Park to get a shot at Pro. Hey, listen, it was, that That's was, what's that going was on. a real journey, man. That, that was definitely a real journey. And, that, and as you said, man, you made so many stops internationally. Um, it cer- certainly made you who you are today. And that is the, the voice of the NBL, man. You, you, be, you becoming that, you know, the, the, the representation of, of that brand. How, how does that you know, feel to kind of, you know, evolve in that way to kind of build your brand up now to kind of I mean, be that I mean, well, for the league. It's, again, it's an incredible feat. You know, I played in the Australian League, and I played four years here. I got MVP to league year three. You know, um, I talk a lot. You know, we're from New York. We talk a lot. We talk a lot of <laughs> shit when we play. And um, I was also quite aware of knowing how to keep it professional off and on the court regardless of what. Mm-hmm. And... I got an opportunity. They reached out to me. Uh, they reached out to me and offered me an opportunity to do what I'm doing right now. And it, you know, it was a match made in heaven. You know, so I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity. And um, you know, it's, it's been working out really, really well. As again, as, I'm, as again, I am in a unique situation. There isn't really anybody in this space that yeah. played international ball. Now, I'm going to break something else down here. Mm-hmm. Most professional ball players, when you go overseas, your body of work is done on international soil. Your body of work is not done on domestic soil at home. So when you come home, the odds of me when I was just finished playing ball, doing what I'm doing in America, it can't happen. You have guys that are playing in the NBA with a bigger profile. Yeah. And a better career on U.S. soil. That's why they work. They have a fan base. They resonate with the people. That's why you can transfer. Some of them can transition in front of the camera and talk about the game. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I see a lot of guys doing fairly well right now. You know, Karam Butler. My body of work is in Australia. Yeah. That's why this works. I don't know anybody that played international basketball that's in this space. So I'm very proud of being to say that in my generation, the first one to do it. Yeah. Now that, that's what's up, man. Again, I, I definitely I'm not doing anything for, for different. I am not doing anything space. different than what Jalen Rose does, than what Stephen A. Smith does, than what Shannon Sharp does. I'm doing it about my league right here in basketball, in Australian league. So that's that's what's going on post game, post game, life after the game for me. There you go. You got to write a book, man. Did you write a book yet? Nah, the story ain't even done yet. The story ain't done, right? It's just, just getting started, man. Ah, just getting started. It's just getting started, man. Well, well listen, man, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on, uh, spending some time with us to, to talk about, you know, LaMelo and, and RJ Hampton, your journey as well, and, and the NBL, man. You, you, you definitely... Um, becoming the voice of the NBL. A lot of people weren't too uh, knowledgeable on, on that league. Um, so we, we definitely appreciate you coming by. When the season's over, man, I hope you come back on. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens after the playoff ends. See if, if uh, LaMelo comes back from his injury. We know RJ came back from his. So let, let's see if they can finish the season strong. Because, like I said, man, the, the Knicks will certainly uh, be in the running for one of these guys. So let, let's see who who emerges. Yeah, see how it all plays out. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it, man. Yo, let um let everybody know where they could find you on social media, man. Find me on Instagram, Twitter.com, C Homicide. Real C easy. for Corey, Homicide at Homicide. C Homicide. Homicide, appreciate the time once again, man. Take it easy down there in Australia and um definitely be safe. All the best with the wildfires and everything that's going on down there, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. All right, man. Stay blessed. All right. All right. That was um Corey, the homicide. Williams, hit that thumbs up button for your boy. He's down there at the NBL. And hey, listen, man. He he's uh he, he told you LaMelo is his guy. LaMelo is his pick. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of the chat, man? Who who would you say is your top five prospects right now uh in the in the draft? You know, for me, like I told you guys, I'm Anthony Edwards all the way. I know we need a point guard. I'm Anthony Edwards all the way. We we need somebody who's going to be as close to a cornerstone piece. I know RJ's trying to establish himself that way, but Anthony Edwards, to me, that that's who I'm sold on right now. Um, I, I saw an article on uh, on Draft Express that was stating that, you know, a lot of the NBA scouts and personnel aren't too keen on the overall uh, talent level of this draft they kind of feel like well you know the number one guy is kind of be kind of number one just by default and not really that you know that that guy that that mega mega star that's at the top my take is we'll see man we'll, we'll see a lot of these guys are they're coming in young they're coming in raw they still coming into the league they need a lot of development and and a lot of these guys are, are nowhere near you know the, the finished products of themselves so We'll see what happens. But I think for me, it's certainly uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, I don't think I've seen enough of Cole Anthony, unfortunately. 
Uh, obviously, I, I would entertain it from a point guard perspective. Lamelo certainly. I like Maxi. I got a chance to take a look at Maxi against Anthony Edwards last night. Uh, I like Maxi's motor. Um, he, he's definitely a tough, gritty player. I, I feel like he could certainly play in New York. Halliburton is is impressive. This is the point guard draft. It's or, or the guard draft, if you want to call it that. Keith Sinclair in the chat says, Edwards, Cole Anthony, Wiseman, LaMelo, Nico Mannion. Oh, Nico Mannion. Throw Nico Mannion on that list, man. That boy looks like a dog. That boy definitely looks like a dog. Wiseman, um, I, I don't know. I, I just hope the Knicks are in a position where, you know, it, it's Edwards, obviously. But it, it, it's either Edwards or one of these guards. That, that's where I'm going. That That's definitely where I'm going. So salute to uh, Homicide once again for joining us. Jay Ellis will be back. We'll be back post-game Utah versus Knicks. Let's see what happens. Game is about to start right now. So I'm going to go watch the game, eat some dinner, come back for post-game with Jay Ellis. Take your phone calls on everything. Uh, Salute to everybody that's been watching. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boy. And I'll see you guys right after Knicks versus Utah Jazz. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.